Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, uh, how you doing, man? Busy weekend of MMA over the over this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, some surprises, some not-so-surprises. Um, definitely a lot to talk about. I mean, um, credit to you. I know you're, you're the one that likes to stay up uh, straight through with the uh, Ryzen and the One stuff happening in the in the in the wee hours of the evening for me. So I think you saw more than I did. That's for sure. Yeah. I caught a good amount. Uh, before we jump quite into that after at the end uh, of this show, uh, we're going to have Ed's interview with Shane Burgos as he prepares for his UFC 244 bout out there on November 2nd in, uh, in Madison square garden, New York. That's right. That was for uh, front proof media. Uh, the video was on their YouTube channel, but I, I have the audio for this podcast. All right, so uh, yeah, so the wild weekend kind of kicked off for me on uh, on Friday night. Uh, I pulled the risen uh, or the rising late night run, uh, made it to the second intermission, then threw in the towel about three a.m. Uh, some good fights. Uh, the lightweight Grand Prix kicked off, uh, and. and uh, Musayev uh, picked up a uh, dominating winning win over Damian Brown, uh, and I'd say a little bit of an upset. Uh, Luis Gustavo, uh, Vanderlei Silva's protege, uh, picked up a dominant uh, doctor stoppage uh, in the first round. Also, all the fights ended in the first round, so that became a uh, a quick uh, trend going here. Uh, Bellator's Patricky Pitbull. First round TKO, flying knee, a bunch of uh, punches landed on the ground, took out Tetsuo Kawajiri, the Japanese fighting legend of uh, Pride, Dream, UFC, Strike Force. I felt bad about that. I I was kind of excited for that matchup when I heard about it, but then it was kind of like, you know, some, uh, again, I mean, Kawajiri's been around for a while. Maybe it might be too long of a while, so I was kind of like, you know, kind of expected that to happen yeah it was one you saw on paper and it looked real good and then the fight started and you were kind of quickly realized that this was uh this was not going to end well for Kawajiri uh yeah Pitbull's just getting better and uh and always an exciting fighter I mean he seemed to really uh absorb the Japanese crowd and uh you know an atmosphere there and uh let it all out in his fight and I mean can't do much better than a than a flying knee basic finish in, uh, in the first round of the fight. So, uh, that happened. And then, uh, Johnny case, uh, picked up a win. I over, uh, Roberto de Souza, the, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt who coming into the fight was undefeated at nine and oh, I, I thought Souza would, uh, do better in this fight, but, uh, case hit him hard and, uh, and, and Souza didn't take it very well. Uh, kind of curled up and, uh, was all she wrote another first round finish for Johnny case. Uh, after the bouts, they did a, uh, they did a draw. Uh, Sakia Kabara came in the ring with uh, envelopes and all the fighters grabbed envelopes. So they set up the semifinals uh, for new year's Eve that set up Patricky Pitbull versus Luis Gustavo. So a, a wild battle of the, the Brazilian, uh, Brazilian crazy crazy fighting style guys. So that'll set up a nice one. And then, uh, and then Musayev and, and Johnny case on the other side, um, no Japanese fighters, uh, advanced. So that's not a, not a great thing for, uh, for Ryzen, but, uh, but some exciting fights to look forward to in the, uh, in the end of the year, double header with, uh, the Bellator event. Did they have any issues with, uh, it was one that had the typhoon issues, right? Or not them. Uh, I mean, I think everything went off, but they were, uh, you know, there was always threats of stuff going down. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know the typhoon hit. I don't think it didn't affect the event. It didn't affect the, the broadcast. I think mean, there was no glitches or anything in the, in the fight app, uh, stream. So that went well. Um, that, that would then, uh, they came back. So that was, they did the, they did the Patricky fight and the Johnny case fight after about an hour intermission. And then they came, so they did those two fights, and then they threw out with like a two-hour intermission. And uh, <laughs> I heard those intermissions could have saved a lot of people time if they didn't happen. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, the event would have ended at a much, you know, much quicker time. But uh, I faded as the event restarted. I tried to fight through it, but uh, I couldn't make it. I did see the the Rena uh, Kabuto fight. Uh, they set up basically a jobber for her. Uh, she was fighting a girl that was 0-3, and, and she finished her in, in mere seconds mm. uh, in the first round. So it was something to get Rena back on track, but uh, but you know, no no competition at all. It was a it was a straight squash match. Uh, it's a shame. From, yeah, from the start. So <laughs> uh, the rest of the main card, Sihi uh, uh, Ham, uh, Hamberlay as as they call her. Uh, picked up a TKO win over uh, Yamamoto. Uh, Kaya Sakura uh, crushed uh, Alta Sasaki's jaw, breaking it in two places. Did you happen to Ooh. see the photo of that online? No. Oh yeah, I mean he I'm just gonna look now. <laughs> two two terrible cracks in, in his jaw basically broke the whole front side of his jaw off. And then uh, Yuri Prokrasek uh, uh, picked up a dominant first round. Two minutes in, took out Fabio Maldonado. Uh, Maldonado nowhere near the uh, the skill level or talent at this time of the of the Ryzen uh, light heavyweight champion. Who uh, hopefully this will set up a, a match between Yuri and Ryan Bader uh, come uh, come the end of the year. I'm trying to find uh, this jaw photo. Oh goodness, I just <laughs> found it. Oh my god. Yeah. You don't see it like that very often. That is bad. For so folks that haven't seen it, it's pretty much the bottom point of your one side of the chin, and it's broken straight up all the way through the teeth and every. Oh my god! Yeah, Whew. not not good. Uh, well, obviously one of the dangers of fighting. So I know he went into surgery. So hopefully uh, Sasaki uh, recovers uh, because he's an exciting fighter with the loss. He did fall to 22 and eight, but he's, he's definitely one of the top, uh, top fighters in, in, uh, in Ryzen. So that, uh, that wrapped up Ryzen. Um, then that led into uh Saturday morning, uh, Bellator, Bellator kickboxing. I actually didn't get a chance to catch up on that. That started a little too early for me, but I did roll in, uh, saw, uh, Melvin Manhoff, Picked up a uh, uh, TKO ground and pound win in round one uh, in his match against uh, Yannick Bahadi. Uh, not familiar too much with Bahadi, but uh, Manhoff is obviously the longtime K1 strike force dream, you know, uh, fighter from that's been around forever. Uh, yeah, because of that, I'm always weary of when he fights because, you know, when he loses, he loses pretty bad. But when he wins, man. You real you you remember that Melvin Meinhoff is uh you know that he's got dynamite in his hands. Yeah, he. I mean, that's the thing. He kind of has that old K one mentality. He goes in, it's either you know kill or be killed, and uh, God, he swings hard. He hits hard. So he did his thing, um, picking up the win. Always an exciting fighter. Always somebody that can sell, especially European events. Um, Alicio Sakara. Picked up a win, TKO 23 seconds into round one um, against Ken and Grisby. I uh, didn't see that fight, um, but uh, it obviously looks like Sakara dominated the event yeah. in Italy. The, they, uh, uh, the highlights on, on uh, Bellator's, uh, you can see the highlight of that finish on uh, all these finishes on Bellator's YouTube channel. So then they they separated the card. Uh, it was it was, and then they had a, an evening tape delayed event on uh, on Paramount and DAZN. That one uh, saw Kirill Sindel- Sindelnikov, uh, Baby Fedor, uh, picked up a victory, uh, moving to twelve and six in his career. He's been around a long time. Uh, never really has gotten completely on track, uh, but he fought an undefeated six and zero Domingos Barros and, and picked up a. A unanimous decision win, so that's uh, that's good for him and Team Fedor. And then in the main event, another Team Fedor fighter uh, who's really one to keep an eye on, uh, Vadim Nemkov, uh, picked up a dominant uh, rear naked choke finish, but just complete domination over the former middleweight champion, Rafael Car- Carvalho. Um, really a uh, good, I mean, Nemkov's just a beast. Him and uh, Tokov. Yeah. Are really the next generation of the 
kind of the Fedor fighting lineage. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see where where Nemkov goes. Um, another guy who's kind of in line uh, for Ryan Bader after uh, he's that's th- wins over three former champions in a row now uh, between McGeary, Davis, and, and uh, Carvalho. So yeah, I mean uh, the thing about. Um... I, I could have swore that when the DAZN thing first got announced that the delay issue would have gone away. And obviously with all the other broadcasting deals and locally they have in different regions that didn't take care of anything. So I feel like two th- Bellator 230 wasn't buzzing the way it should have been. No, no. And the, and the, their European uh, setup nowadays is really weird. They got it all broke. The fight's broken up and into two different cards and, I mean, in theory, the uh, the Manoff fight headlined Bellator Italy, and then Bellator 230 was headlined by Nemkov Carvalho. So it's they they haven't got that under control. I don't understand why they don't show it live. If people are paying for a, a paid subscription, you'd think that you'd be able to see the any event live that's that's being shown uh, that they're recording. I mean, what's the thing? So I mean, that's another thing Bellator gets a lot of heat for, and they yeah. don't seem to be interested in fixing it. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. But yeah, it doesn't make sense for them to put on events that, that nobody uh, is aware that are happening or paying attention to. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to get people to tune into the network when the results are already up, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, like I I said, I I saw live sports is a, not everybody's like you and me, you know, going to watch to see the technique and the wins happen. Some people for live sports, if they know the outcome, then there's no, they're not going to watch it, especially with the way, Betting is picked up here in my disgusting state. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so let's see. So that went from uh, from Ryzen to the uh, to Bellator, and then uh, and then we got the UFC Tampa card um, on your favorite streaming service, ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that had some interesting fights. Um, couple yeah, couple things of notice. Uh, Marlon Vera. Picked up another impressive win. Uh, third round uh, ground and pound finish over Andre uh, Ewell. Uh, Vera was supposed to fight uh, Shane O'Malley <laughs> or Sean O'Malley at uh, this past July, uh, but O'Malley wasn't cleared to fight. So I think uh, O'Malley might have dodged a bullet in that one. I think Vera probably would have derailed that train a bit. Uh, but uh, we, we, we can't not talk about <clears throat> the horrible refing. That was on display for uh uh what's this what was the You're talking about the Mike Davis Thomas Gifford, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh I I don't know. I uh I don't know. <laughs> so you know I, they pulled him that the they pulled him from that card after right after that. Yeah, I, I, they they pulled him and then put in the worst referee in MMA, Herb Dean, to mm-hmm. take his place. So I thought that was a little. Is weird. he the worst though? After watching that, I mean, he obviously. I oh, don't I know. think I, I think mean... Herb Dean's done worse than that. I always say go watch him what he did to CB Dalloway. Um, but uh, Jaron Vallel's the worst for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I I have mixed feelings on that. Um, I I think it's time for us or for the sport of MMA to get rid of the win bonus. I think everything should be a flat fee. I don't think that that fighters should have to continue to risk their life in order for that one percent chance of getting the win bonus. I think that stops corners from from doing the right thing and stopping fights in a lot of cases. Uh, when you yeah, know that's a fighter, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean. Uh, you don't know what's going on in these people's lives. You don't know what's said before the fight. I mean, for all we know, there could be a situation where Gifford's about ready to lose his house, and the only chance he has of saving and getting his house is winning, you know, getting that extra money and stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, and then the thing of it, too, like, you know, uh, never mind the ref. The ref is supposed to be the only objective one in there. But you mentioned, obviously, if the bonus uh, and the guys in the corner get a piece of that, you know, they should have thrown in the towel uh, rather than, you know, just try to, to, to bank on, on something happening for their guy, you know, and, and let this happen the way that it did. Um, there's like, uh, I think it was Nolan that's actually been on this podcast. He tweeted out, you know, there's a lot of people to blame right there for what just happened, not just the referee. And he was right. I mean, the cornerman, you know, um, somebody was saying, uh, I forget who somebody was saying on, uh, uh, one of the Monday morning shows that, uh, 
you know, like in boxing, more guys throwing towels in boxing than they do in MMA. And what you just said is probably the reason why we don't see it. You know, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, like you said, because I, I, I thought as soon as you say get rid of win, win bonuses with the poor pay they already receive in MMA, they're going to, you know, you're going to get the pushback of uh, in, incentivizing, you know, wins in the sport or whatever, but to push action. But yeah, I mean, when you see stuff like that happen, do you really want to see action that bad where somebody's brain health is on the line? Yeah, well, I mean, if, let's say take a guy like Gifford. So he's probably I don't know what he gets paid, but let's say he gets paid eighteen and eighteen, uh, eighteen thousand to fight and and then double eighteen thousand to win. I think we need to get to the point where he's just signing a straight contract for like twenty five, twenty eight thousand dollars somewhere. You know, find find that middle ground, pay and pay the guys, and then that's what they're fighting for, and that's what they make. You know, if they make weight and, and all that, there can all they can always do stuff where you know if you don't make weight, you get fined percentages and all that. I'm fine with all that stuff, mm. but um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, you start talking some big money in some of these other fights. I mean, you know, you, you, if you're you know a guy who's like two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, I mean, that's that's big money, and that's that the incentive to risk your livelihood kicks up a couple notches when. When you know when there's potential of you winning and winning basically you know half a million dollars, uh, it could be potentially life changing. So I think we need to figure out a a, a medium in there. Um, you especially see it, though to hate to see it happen to a, a preliminary fighter who's who's not making much and mm. uh, yeah. didn't didn't make any more even though he kept uh, he kept showing up in the middle of the ring and and eventually got face planted. But uh, but Mike Davis looked good. Um, you know, it's just a shame he gets knocked out with 15 seconds left in the fight, too. It's it's uh, it's just crazy how how that happens after taking a beating for so long. Um, other fights of note, uh, Davison Figueroa uh, picked up a uh, quick guillotine finish over Tim Elliott in uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, kind of highlight kinda, fights. Kind of the- ironic, too, because Tim Elliott's a guillotine guy himself. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I didn't see it happening that quick and uh Figaro is usually a bit more of a violent, you know, kind of beat your beat you up kind of fighter. So mm-hmm. didn't didn't expect that. But uh Figaro moves to seventeen and one uh in the uh in the flyweight division, which we're still not real clear on uh <laughs> on what that even means at this point, uh as far as if the division exists. Well it's uh, there. I mean they fought at that was their official weight. Um I know the last thing uh Sehudo said, I mean, they it's still it's still on him on whether or not he wants to defend that title. And the way he was talking the last time he commented on it, he said he was leaning more towards bantamweight, so I guess uh we'll see. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Dana White wants to get rid of it or wanted to get rid of it. I don't know if he'd keep it around if Sehudo wasn't the champion. I mean, as long as Sehudo's the champion, you kinda have a name. You got the guy who beat Mighty Mouse to take the belt. If that belt becomes vacant, I can see that di- that division disappearing real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no no disrespect to Figueroa or, or Benavides or those guys, but th- those guys aren't going to uh, those guys aren't headlining a pay per view. It's just or or you know they're not headlining a main a, a fight as a main event, and not even an ESPN Plus card. <sighs> ben- maybe Benavides could, but he would have to have a pretty good opponent. I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess Figueroa Benavides would be a great fight, uh, but I I don't I don't think it would sell. It could headline, but I don't think people would be rushing to the box office to go buy tickets to go to that event. So that'll be interesting. But for now, uh, you know, putting on some good fights. And I've always said I'm not a huge fan of that weight class, but I can't deny uh, when when there's good fighters and and they they do their thing. So uh, it, it is what it is. But we'll see what happens. Um, Ryan Spann picked up another victory. Uh, he's been on a little bit of a roll lately. He picked up a guillotine choke second round over Devin Clark. Uh, Eric Anders, did you happen to, I don't know if you caught that fight, but uh, you picked boy, up Eric Anders. Yeah, he picked up a split decision over Gerald Michart. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the decision. I thought he lost the fight. Uh, he was uh, clearly hurt on several occasions. I know that's not how we judge the fights completely, but. I didn't see uh, – I, I thought that that was an error on the judges' part. And that kind of just rolled into the next fight with uh, Matt Frivola and uh, Luis Pena, uh, Violet Bob Ross, who uh, a lot of people think that Pena got robbed in that fight too. 
Mm. I, I, I thought Pena won the fight again, based off damage. I thought it was clear, but, uh, you know, if you're micromanaging the, uh, the rounds, I suppose, uh, you could have given rounds one and three to Frivola, but, uh, Pena wasn't happy. He stormed out of the cage and went on social media and, uh, and blasted a few people. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Mackenzie Dern coming in the undefeated uh, jiu-jitsu wizard fought uh, Amanda Rebus. Uh, yeah, Rebus, yeah. I think Rebus kind of showed what a uh, what a real MMA fighter uh, does to somebody who kind of just jumps into the game uh, with basically just jiu-jitsu and some winging punches. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not the only fight that kind of went that way in that type of. Uh, outlook i guess so um but yeah i mean plus she just had a kid i mean you're gonna rush right back to competition at that level too maybe maybe take a a little more time some warm-up fights i mean i mean you some of the some fighters get rushed in the ufc these days in my opinion um and that's a perfect example i mean at least it was a decision you know at least she didn't get finished but you know it is what it is yeah, she's tough. I mean, she she has it in her to, to be a fighter. I just I think she just needs to work on her boxing. Uh, you know, not to completely knock jujitsu, but there's just not there's not she doesn't have a lot. There's not a lot of takedowns. Um, I think we see that a little bit later on in, in the evening too. But um, some of these real strict jujitsu competitors, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, historically lack the ability to get their opponents to the ground. Um, in a lot of occasions, especially when they're fighting somebody that's uh, fairly well seasoned in uh, in takedown defense and and jujitsu themselves. Yeah, I mean, I come from a very wrestling centric uh, school, so I can uh, I can't speak for the entire jujitsu community because we drill takedowns. A lot of them, you know, most of our classes start standing, and then we go to the ground technique. But not, I know not everyone does that, and some people are overly traditional with the type of takedowns they do. Those those don't necessarily always transfer over well to MMA because they require you to clinch and try to be all, you know, hippie and leg trippy and stuff like that and that that that's that takes time and you got to get close <laughs> to get to do that and if you're against a really skilled striker, they're not going to let you do that. Yeah, so I don't know. It's something but but all that can be can be uh worked on. Um, it was just a bad matchup, I think, for Dern. I mean, Rebus is another really good jujitsu competitor, so mm-hmm. kind of neutralized her, and then she just throws straight. Rebus throws straight punches, where Dern is more of a kind of a Chuck Liddell overhand right, um, just massive. You know, putting all everything she's got behind her punches, but they're a little too telegraphed for uh, yeah for a fighter uh, of that uh, level that she was fighting. So yeah, especially uh, if when you're coming off a layoff too. I mean. Yeah, no, there's all that. So we, we until we see her in her next fight, it's kind of hard to get a true judgment on on where she's at. Um, she did make weight easily, which was a uh, was a pleasant surprise. So she was in shape coming into the fight, and uh, and that's uh, that's something to you know I guess be applauded considering her uh, her history of of having trouble making weight. But that moved us into the uh, God. I guess he kind of the shocking moment of the night. I would say uh, Nico Price. Uh, up kick, heel to the jaw, took out James Vick, who's now been KO'd three times in a row pretty brutally. Mm. Uh, Nico Price gets his second TKO KO finish from from, from his, his back. back. Yeah, <laughs> so that's all. That's interesting. But uh, God, Vick took a hard shot in there. I thought I heard his. I thought his jaw was going to be broken for sure. Uh, luckily it, for him, no, no yeah. broken jaw. Just. Uh, just some, uh, just some bruises and, and, and some and, her uh, pride. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. Uh, co-main event. This is where I kind of get into the jujitsu thing again. Uh, Cub Swanson, uh, was able to, uh, defeat unanimous decision win over Cron Gracie. Um, it, all standing bout. I uh, don't think the bout ever went to the ground. Uh, I mean, did did Gracie even really try to get him there outside of the old school, you know, hoist takedown attempts? That, no, that... 
No, that's pretty like, much what uh, I mean. That's yeah. why I, that's why I made that comment a little earlier. Kind of the same thing. There was never a point where he now Swanson moved great. He constantly was yeah. moving, um, so he never allowed himself to get really get pinned up against the cage. Uh, but uh, no, at, at no point did did Gracie really ever um, um, try any kind of double or single yeah. leg or you know nothing I, like that. I actually wasn't surprised with the outcome. I I mean if you uh, if you if you look, Sure Dog publishes my picks. I got five out of six picks. Uh, I was probably my best picks ever in my recent string of picks um, for that the, for this particular event. And um, I I was just kind of like, yeah, like why did why did anyone else think anything different was going to happen? I know it's Crone Gracie. I know it's Hickson's son, and you know obviously, I mean if he if he wraps around you a little bit, he's probably going to tap you. But I mean, he's still when it comes to the current state of mixed martial arts and the rules of MMA. Um, you know, he was five and zero versus a twenty something, whatever twenty five and eleven or whatever. I mean, this just the experience was alone on Cubs was on Cubs side. I um I wasn't surprised that he won at all. Yeah, no, I wasn't really surprised either. Um, like, what was up with that matchup to begin with? What are they trying to do to Cub and like? I don't get it. I just didn't get it at all. Well, they had a history. They had met in a, a, a grappling match years and years ago where Gracie uh, tap, or beat Swanson by decision, uh, by points. But um, So they had that, and I think, it, I think Gracie just wanted to move up in competition. And uh, I, I, I think the best tweet I saw was somebody basically saying that if Grace, if Kron's last name was like Thompson – then Swanson would have been about a two to one favorite in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, not that not that Gracie hadn't beaten some guys, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's just you know Cubs a a, a gamer and, and a veteran. I mean, he's seen it all. Not, I I don't think everybody knew about their their grappling match, but I mean it's the it's the same thing with you know like Mayweather McGregor. Of of course the boxer was going to win the boxing match. So this is an MMA bout. Of course, the the senior MMA fighter is going to win the MMA fight. I just uh, I I didn't, you know, I, I didn't like that matchup. I I would prefer that they still build Crone, you know, with guys with a closer record of experience with him. UFC guys that are around that number. Um, no, I agree. Going from uh, Bruce Leroy uh, Caceres yeah. to to Cub Swanson's quite a jump. I know Swanson was on a, uh, a losing streak, but not losing to bums, losing to losing. Yeah. To legit, legit guys. And, yeah, 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 exactly. So it'll be interesting. I don't think this uh, is any, uh, I think it's good for Cub, but he needed the win. A loss here probably would have essentially wrapped up his career in the UFC. Uh, and I know uh, uh, Choi, who he had a, a fight of the year, Bout with a, a couple years back, uh, went on Twitter and, and was calling Swanson out for a rematch in December. Yeah. So, so that would be good for Swanson. Another, uh, another... not going to happen in December though. He just uh, gave an update today. His left broke his left hand in that fight with Gracie, and uh, apparently there's some abrasions on his eyes that that need time to heal. So we okay. won't see him back anytime soon. But anyways, that'll that'll be a fight that'll uh, that'll likely be high up on a card or even headline a. Uh, a fight night. So there's that. And then, and then Gracie will obviously with the name and, and he ain't going nowhere. He'll he'll get another fight to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, move to the main event. Joanna and uh, Michelle Watterson, uh, 25 minute fight, uh, unanimous decision in a pretty much dominant fashion for Joanna. Michelle had a couple Joanna. moments, but yeah, uh, she fought good. And, uh, beat up Watterson, bloodied her up. Uh, Looked good. I, I hope she doesn't get a title fight off this. I think she needs to win at least one more fight. Uh, I hate seeing fighters just constantly thrown into title fights left and right based off their name value. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but she looked great, and uh, I mean she is six sixteen and three with uh, only real losses to uh, high level competition twice to Rose and then to Valentina. So so uh, Joanna seems to be back on track and. Uh, Definitely will have a huge fight, uh, I would assume, in the fairly near future. I know she had some feet, foot damage in the fight, um, but uh, I would expect yeah. to see her in the first quarter of next year. Uh, yeah, she, sure. she thought it was broken, but it turns out it's not. It was just a super deep bruise, so she, that, that'll that be healed up and fine. As far as, uh, I mean, 
I, I know you don't want her to get that title shot, but I would really like just because of their output, as especially if Joanna does a similar, you know, what she did with Watterson. That was like to me that was a Joanna of old. Uh the, that fought her way up to the title. She commented on it afterward. I wrote about it over at MMA News dot com how she said she went back to her roots of uh from muay thai and kickboxing and and just worked to worked on on what made her a champion the first time instead of trying to focus on just an opponent she went she went and honed her skills instead of training for one particular fighter and i think that paid off for her um and i, I thought it was also cool that waterson treated this as if it was a title fight fighting a former champion I mean, she's a former champion herself in Invicta, but you know she's been trying to get some UFC gold. So for her to to view that the way she did, uh, I mean, this fight that was re- uh, it was really nice to see from from both sides and not be too disrespectful or anything like that. So I'm all about uh, I'm all about it. If, if if they do give her a title shot, I get where you're coming from, though. I mean, but you know, these days in the I mean, next month the main event of the pay per view is for the the. Uh, bad motherfucker belt so you know we can't really complain yeah, about yeah no yeah. i mean obviously i don't know where rose stands um in her in her where she what she wants to do if she comes back then i could see her getting a title shot ahead of joanna um even though she did lose her last her previous belt but um you know yeah i the Whaley zhang and and joanna uh would definitely be a, a banger that would be a fun fight you know the more you talk about it the, the more it seems like a a fight worth watching so mm-hmm. so that was that uh that moved into the one card uh i didn't stay up all night watching the second half i did watch what was uh on tnt that night um so christian lee pick uh late one week uh notice jumped into the grand prix final replacing eddie alvarez he is the lightweight champion for one he came in and he dominated uh picked up a uh, picked up the grand prix belt um looked great demetrius johnson three round unanimous decision over uh denny Kingod. uh moves to 30 and three won the grand prix there so he is the uh he is the uh what the uh flyweight grand prix champion of uh one angela lee picked up a uh, rear naked choke win in a back and forth bat uh, battle uh picking up the finish with 12 seconds left in the fifth round so that was the uh that was the big highlights of uh yushinokami also on the on the prelims uh picked up a split decision win um the former uh ufc veteran uh, the second half of that card uh like i said i just saw the highlights uh, a couple things that jumped out to me shinya yoki continues to to beat people um i i mean i think we're at a point now where we realize he's not going to beat any of the top lightweights in the ufc but the man moves to 44 and 9 uh with another submission victory uh you know one minute into the first round bibiano fernandez in his fourth fight with kevin bellington uh retained his uh his championship belt, his, uh, his Bantamweight championship. He moves to 24 and four with a rear naked choke win in the second round, the easiest, uh, win, uh, out of his, uh, three over Bellington, uh, Georgia, Giorgio Petrosian picked up a win. Um, and, uh, and then the main event, Ang Lee Sang, uh, one of the fighter of the year candidates for the, uh, world MMA awards this year. Uh, actually, actually the fighter of the year, award winner uh picked up uh picked up a win over brandon vera who was the heavyweight champ oh, uh, he, he came yeah. down to light heavyweight song is the uh sang is the middleweight and light heavyweight champ so he just took out the heavyweight champion at uh at light heavyweight i'm wondering if he'll go up and try to take out vera at heavyweight and uh become a three division champion for one fighting um exciting fights uh interesting look for their event in japan there they it's more of a dark arena where uh obviously ryzen is is lit up and when you get a lot of lights they're they're more the uh you know the kind of the traditional mma uh whereas uh ryzen is obviously the the spectacle um that wrapped up a crazy weekend uh one thing to look forward to this weekend is a rare friday night ufc event yeah <laughs> uh, from, from boston 
Uh, one Nolan, of my favorites. Nolan King's neck of the woods. He's the yeah. guy covering that for MMA Junkie. You know, the two fights on that card that jump out at me, Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, after the attic, uh, after what happened at the last fight, I uh, I went into the previous fight uh, pulling for Yair and thinking that he would pick out the victory after all the everything that went down. It's hard not to go with Stevens and hope uh, hope he puts Rodriguez in his place uh, after yeah, after what I went had, down in Mexico City. I had Stevens picked for that the first time. I got I'm sticking with that uh, this time around too. Then the main event, Chris Weidman moves up from uh, middleweight to light heavyweight to face the undefeated 11-0 Dominic Reyes, the number five ranked light heavyweight uh, in the world. Who uh, Weidman's one of my favorite fighters. I don't know, have any idea how this fight's going to go. Uh, Reyes uh, fight uh, coming off a of win over uh, Vulcan. Uh, in which I thought he lost, and I thought it was a, a terrible judge's decision, but he did pick up the win. Um, I, I don't know. I, I hate to pick against Chris Weidman, but I just have a feeling he's going to have trouble with the size of Reyes. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with you. Like, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I'd like to see him win. It'd be actually really cool if he wins. Um, but, um, you know, with the time that he he hasn't fought and, Everything else he's been through, uh, the way uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. We'll see. This obviously the fight has to happen for us to see where he's at. Um, I know. Uh, I mean, main eventing in Boston is probably not something he was looking forward to. He probably wanted to be on the Garden Card or something. But they they got to break it apart somehow. Uh, they got enough New York guys on the uh, two forty four anyway. Yep. So again, uh, speaking of two of 44, stay tuned for Ed's conversation with Shane Burgos, uh, as he gets ready for his, uh, his big bout coming up on November 2nd, uh, fans can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Ed, uh, I'll talk to you about these UFC fights uh, when I get back. I'm going uh, up to the Bay Area uh, with the family for a couple days. But uh, after that, I'll be looking about talking the fights with you. And uh, I know you're traveling next week for the uh, for the Bellator doubleheader. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do an early uh, – we'll do a, a pre-record for next week because I'll be on the road. But uh, everything will be out uh, as per the usual. All right. Sounds good, my man. All right. Later. Right. All right, uh, I'm I'm speaking with Shane Burgos for FrontProofMedia.com. Uh, again, returning to uh, Madison Square Garden, UFC 244 in November. Uh, I don't want to butcher your opponent's name, Makwan um, Amir Khani. Does that sound that, right? That was right. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, I mean, you, I'd spoken to one of your training partners before, and I'm supposed to speak with uh, another one, you guys, out of uh, Tiger Shulman MMA. Um, so one of the things that I, I asked them and I, I want to ask you too, uh, is, um, being a New Yorker from the area, uh, returning to Madison square garden. I don't know about you, but for me, it's always symbolic for martial artists in the area because of, uh, you know, the ban and everything on the sport and how it was lifted in 2016. So I, I asked them, uh, what it meant, you know, because there was a time when you, when you were already fighting in Atlantic city and traveling far from home just to pursue your dream. So what did it mean to you when the ban got lifted? Oh, it's awesome. Obviously I've been going to Jersey and, and Philadelphia for all my fights and as an amateur and as a pro. So, um, just getting that lifted was, uh, it, it was long overdue, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was long overdue. I actually covered it for another outlet when all that stuff was going on. Um, going to the, the rallies and everything, uh, yeah. with, with Carl Heasty and all that. Um, so every time the UFC comes to the garden, to me, it's always symbolic of like a reminder of like, you know, this is something we didn't have. And I, I think that's why they, you guys always pack the house when you come. Yeah. So um, and speaking of you guys and packing the house, uh, uh, Julio had mentioned a picture of the three of you together. And he said, uh, he used the quote, the boys are back in town <laughs> because because all three of you guys were there for 2.30, right? Yep. yep. And uh, so now you guys are coming back together. Um after I got done talking to him, I thought of the question, so I, I'm going to ask you: Does it does it help you like uh, as far as preparation and stuff go? Like, do you come in more riled up 
when you come in like that with with friends that you know and guys that come up with you in the fight game? Oh yeah, for sure. When the the, the atmosphere and the the energy in the training room when we're all fighting on the same date is uh it's through the roof. Even when we're fighting close to each other, it, it it gets really high. But when we're on the same day, we're all fighting for that same goal. We're all pushing not only ourselves but each other for that same that same end goal. Uh, the energy is all, is electric, honestly. You know, uh, one of the one thing about I mean, I I know it was rough for you guys before the band got lifted, having to come to Jersey. But the good thing about it is, like uh, in the area, you guys are well known. Yeah. You know, from fighting at CFFC and Ring of Combat and stuff like that. I'm from Jersey, but, uh, you know, I had followed your guys' career even before I started covering the sport. So, um, and so, so is Tiger Shulman's MMA well-known in the in the area. So, yeah. uh, you guys, are, are are you planning to pack the house? I mean, I know you guys roll pretty deep at grappling tournaments everywhere you go. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. The last, the last MSG one was wild. And um, all my fights have been five and one in the UFC right now and uh, all my fights, except for my last one in Ottawa, was basically driving distance. But I mean, that one, some, some of my family did drive to that one too, actually. So um, when we get that close to home, I'm only an hour, maybe a little bit over an hour with traffic. Nice. Um, it's going to be insane just for me alone. So I can't imagine. Plus the other two guys and the rest of the card is stacked. So I'm going to have so many more friends, family and fans there. Yeah, I mean, and you had mentioned, obviously, you're on a tear in your division. Um, you had mentioned your record in the UFC. Uh, you hold you you had uh, you hold a win over Cub Swanson, who's who's who everybody knows in the sport. You know, even casual fans are aware of. So you're ranked 12 now, according to the UFC's rankings. Um, just the uh, this past weekend, they announced uh, the Volkanovski and Holloway, uh, you know, matchup yeah. for the end of the year. Is that something that piqued your interest? I, I know you're focused on November, but you know, what did you think about that announcement when you heard it? I mean, it, it, it was expected. Um, I knew that I already knew they were going to fight. It made it made too much sense for them not to fight. Who else was there? Really, he's a clear cut number one contender. Um, but yeah, anytime uh, the featherweight titles online, any anytime there's a featherweight fight in the UFC, my eyes are always watching. Like I'm a huge fan of the sport, but uh, when it comes to the featherweight division, when I'm watching that division, it doesn't feel like uh, I'm being a fan. It feels like I'm kind of doing my homework. I'm studying the fights and stuff like that. So I kind of like it when there's uh, no featherweight fights on, on, on the cards. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, Julio's a featherweight too. So, are yeah. is it hard for you guys to train together to get ready for the same card, or do you, are you separate? No, we train. We, we train. He's one of my main training partners. Oh wow! And, and I'm fighting lefty, and he's a lefty, so it's pretty funny. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Dude, are you guys? Stud. Would you say he's a stud? Yeah. He's a stud. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so I know he said he he's been with uh, uh, Tiger Shulman for 18 years. How long have you been training there? I'm 28. I've been there since I was 15, so 13. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, there's so many guys that that have been there like 10 plus years. It's amazing. I asked him about like, uh, so you, were you there when they transitioned from? Because used to, I remember it used to be Tiger Shulman's karate. Yeah, I was there for like the like a year, and then they switched over to mixed martial arts. So, so would you say like you're the first of the of the well-rounded like curriculum they changed over to, or no? We will be. I mean, basically the same. Not the same curriculum. We're definitely always revamping our curriculum, but we've always done jujitsu. Even uh, when we were called karate, we were always we've always been doing jujitsu. We just called it grappling. We've always been doing wrestling and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's I had a karate instructor that did the same thing because he wrestled in college, so he incorporated it More, here yeah. in Jersey. Um, the um, uh, the thing I, was, I meant to ask you though, like, uh, so. You said, I know he's helping you train, but does is there any uh like are you guys going to be cornering each other and things like that or no no our focus is strictly on our own specific fights that's the one thing with fighting with teammates is it, it makes it a little bit hard because mm. you get excited for your your boys fighting and your boys get excited for you fighting but you got to keep your focus on your fight because at the end of the day it, it is an individual sport and if you're not focused one still a banana peel and the fight's over right so um we have our separate our, our corner men there but we'll never corner each other. Okay, yeah, I mean that makes sense, especially on the especially same night. Especially if we're fighting the same day, I'd, I'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the other thing is, like, obviously this card. Uh, I, I feel like two thirty didn't have as much hype uh, when in the, in the Garden la- this time last year. Uh, but coming up on two forty four, obviously with the the main event being the the whole BMF thing and and yeah. you know uh, Masvidal and Diaz. Uh, do did you guys uh, talk about it? Like, is there a prediction you have for for that main event? I know you're focused on your fight, but no, I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan, so I'm, I'm I'm so hyped for that fight. I'm ready to go in there, get my business handled, done with, get my win bonus, and then uh, sit back and enjoy that fight. That is a an epic, an epic fight. 
I'm um, huge fan of Masvidal. I'm a huge fan of Diaz. So I don't really have a clear cut prediction. Um, let the best man win. But I'm so pumped. That's gonna be an awesome. I, that's one of those fights that it can't be bad. It just can't be. Yeah, I actually just said that the uh, yesterday to somebody. There's no way it's gonna be a bad fight. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what do you, what do you notice about uh, as far as like the growth of the sport in MMA? Because I mean, being a New Yorker, you know, everyone has has uh, criticisms of sports fans. So when you when you do fight in New York, how do you do? You, do you feel like that that same uh, sports culture comes in that you see like for basketball and football and stuff like that? Or because for me, I, I feel like MMA fans are a little bit more respectful sometimes. But what do you think? <laughs> I mean, on- online, I would I wouldn't say that online. Uh, I think the fans, <laughs> the fans can be pretty ruthless. But uh, in person, I've had only great experiences with my fights. And like I said, all my fights have been local, so I've had tons of of family, friends, uh, teammates, and just fr- like a shit ton of friends usually like when i'm looking around i can see i can see a friend at every corner of the, the arena so I've, I've been fortunate enough to fight local and enjoy that yeah i mean definitely i i do notice that too even going when i go to connecticut for events that the the local i mean obviously the, everybody brings in uh it's not just tiger shulman but anyone that has a, a a fighter on the card that's from that has a local training uh you know an academy or something in the area they bring a lot of support in for them so um but uh, i i think uh something's different about where you guys come from i mean i don't know if you've ever read the book raw combat by jim jenia um there's a there's a whole chapter on tiger shulman's mma and how you guys just support each other yeah it's a great read if you haven't i always recommend it to folks that don't um that don't know about why why it's so significant about the band being lifted for guys like yourself you know do you ever find yourself having to explain like like because people are like oh what's a big deal you you know mma is legal in new york did you ever find yourself having to explain why it's so important to someone like you no i mean if they don't understand it me trying to explain it they're not really going to understand it honestly right it's one of those things that i'm like all right whatever you just don't you don't get it and that's fine if you don't get it because you're not in it if you're not in it i i don't expect you to fully get it so uh november 2nd uh ufc 244 I mean, uh, it, it's got to be it, it's got to be probably the most hyped uh, UFC card I think to date. I, I I asked somebody this yesterday, so I wanted. To, do you think you guys are overshadowing uh, two forty three a little bit just because of how quickly this all came together? Possibly, but two forty three is that main event for two forty three. I'm fuck. That's an awesome fucking fight too. Whitaker and Adesanya. That's gonna be a insane fight just on the feet alone. If it goes to the ground, that'd be interesting too. But um. On the feet, that's just, that's gonna be like a video game, like Tekken or something <laughs> like that. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, so, I, mean, uh, I, I hope we're not stealing too much of their shine because they deserve all the shine in the world. Those two dudes are savages. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, outside looking in, it, it looked like people forgot that there's a pay per view coming up soon because 244, especially around here. I mean, uh, everyone I talk to in the area that's into the sport yeah. is all is is excited for the card that you're on. Um, you said you're a fan, so I, I mean, outside of your own weight class. I mean, who do you? Uh, there, is there is there anybody that you admire out? Uh, you know, uh, in the competition on the UFC cards? Uh, like I said, I'm a I'm a big Masvidal, I'm a big Diaz fan. Those are probably one of my two favorite fighters right now, honestly. Um, but I'm also a huge Adesanya fan and Whitaker fan. So like those those two back to back main events, uh, insane, insane. And I, I I love. I make sure I watch every, every one of those guys' fights. I will not miss a Diaz fight, a Masvidal fight, a Whitaker fight, Adesanya fight. That's cool. You know, sometimes I talk to a fighters and they're not fans of the sport. So it's interesting to see when when uh, uh, to hear a fighter say that they, they watch everything the way that you do. Yeah. Um, so is that is that what got you competing and fighting, watching the sport or, or was it just something else? Yeah, no, 100 percent. I started with Ultimate Fighter 2. I was a little bit late to the, to the show. I started with Ultimate Fighter 2. And uh, as soon as I saw the first episode, I was like, wow, this is fuck. This is amazing. Started watching that and I started catching the UFC on um, UFC Unleashed on Spike TV. And I just was like binge watching i was like this is insane and um ever since then just like a like a spark to like it just caught flame and um i've just been feeding the gas putting gas in the fire and i i love this 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 aside from me being in the sport and fight fighting the sport i always love the sport yeah i mean uh my last question i got i have to ask just because uh i mean i keep bringing up the the band and everything this is your uh this is your second time in the garden right second time, for- yes. For yeah. MMA anyway, right? Because uh, you didn't do boxing or kickboxing there before. No, no. No? Yeah. Wow. So, so I mean, is it when when you when you see your name attached to to the arena that has the reputation that it has? Is there a part of you that's just like, I can't believe this is happening right now? 
a little bit is surreal, but then I got to dial it back and say, you know what? It, at the end of the day, it's just a venue. Focus on yeah. the fight. That's, at the end of the day, it, it, it is just a venue. So um, I can't make it bigger than uh, what it is in my mind. So I got to keep myself level, level-headed. And, and I'm going in there to do a job. It doesn't matter where it is. It could be in my backyard. Yeah. Well, so what do you know about uh, uh, Amir Khani as far as like uh, uh, any threats or problems he presents for you? Yeah, he's a good wrestler, good grappler. Um, on the feet, I think I have a huge clear-cut advantage. So I think um, it's, it's a pretty obvious uh, style matchup. It's more of a striker versus grappler. Mm. So I'm going to look to keep it on the feet and uh, put him away. He's going to look to try to take me down. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, uh, I think that's a matchup that's classic in the sport, and, and a lot of people like to see it. So Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, UFC 244, November 2nd. If you want to um, – thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. No um, if you want to shout out your, your, your gym and your sponsors, by all means, go ahead. Team Tiger Shulman, thank you guys for everything. Uh, team uh, uh, Counter-Strike, strength conditioning, working on my diet, my also my strength conditioning gym, Believe Elite Athletic Training. Dudes helped me out a lot, took me to the next level. Uh, Turp House, Nutribio. Pro Shop, Eat Clean Bro. Thank you to all my uh, friends, family, supporters. Thank you, my fans. And thank you, man. I appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you so much. And just uh, where can folks follow you on social? Even Not to throw any shade your way, supporters only. Where do they follow you? <laughs> Let's go uh, at Hurricane Shane underscore on Instagram and at Hurricane Shane B on Twitter. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Mr. Burgos. Good luck on in November. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. You too. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.